Hi, guys. This is Headcase Podcast. I'm here with Jack Leary. Hey. And we have a very special guest, my friend Allegra Blinken. Hi, guys. How are you? She is here to talk to us about a bunch of things. She has a lot to say, and we're really excited to have her on. Thanks for having me. Of course. What do you do for a living? I work for a startup tech company, but I also, you know, on the side, help organize some fun events in Brooklyn and also help out with... Um, wellness and holistic healing on the side as well. Okay, amazing. Where did you grow up? I grew up born and raised Upper East Side. Nice, okay. Yeah. What is your experience with mental health? Do you suffer from anything in particular or just not even diagnosed, just things that you go through? What happened with me was before I took my ACT and SATs, I had to see if I needed extra time um, my sophomore year. And then from there on, they were like, okay, you have ADD, you really need to take Adderall or so on and so forth. And then I started taking Adderall and I was already anxious, you know, like growing up adolescence, you just are naturally anxious and going through a lot and having, you know, extra thoughts and you, you know, you're growing up and you like boys, this, that, you mm-hmm. want to look skinny, you want to do this, that. So I got anxious and then I was prescribed anxiety medication and they kind of came hand in hand. Um, I talked to a bunch of people who are basically going through the same exact thing as me. And so from a very early age, uh, mental health, they're being aware of these different types of medication and illnesses were just a norm. It was yeah. not even a question. Yeah. So growing up in New York is very different than the, rest the way of the world. yeah, the yes. way most people grew up. Because you have a lot more freedom and you're you're not as monitored, I guess, by your parents in some cases. So. I mean, yeah, everything's just right around the corner. Right. So how did that affect your mental health and kind of because I feel like you grow up faster almost living yeah, in Yeah, we grew up faster for sure. It was just also We were kind of, I'm 25, so it was in between the age of, like, social media really taking over. Right. At the time, Facebook was the thing where you would go on Facebook and you would see what everyone was doing, whereas now it's Snapchat or Instagram story where you can see right away what people are doing. Even earlier on when it wasn't as automatic or as quick, you would see people, like, going out or going to cool restaurants or even nightclubs at a really young age. And it made me want to go and do that. So it was like a classic, you know, when you're younger, you want to do what's cool and peer pressure, all this stuff, uh, elements that just come in. And on top of all the extra hormones and whatever, you know, chemicals are going through your body at that time. Yeah. It was just adding extra factors to my anxiety. The peer pressure of... Then, you know, on top of that, everyone has their family issues. My parents got divorced when I was in high school, so that also added a lot to my anxiety. And I am the eldest sister. Um, My brother is six years younger than me, so I'm like the mom. I always am a very maternal person. I felt like I had to take care of everyone. So that, too, was something that I was always very open about because I think it's important to be open about your feelings and mental health and where you're at. But there's also a lot of ways that... I look back and I'm like, okay, I could have probably taken care of this or dealt with this in a better way. Yeah. And you want to be a good role model for your your siblings. Exactly. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I have a lot of friends also who grew up in New York. I was born here, but I didn't grow up here. I Mm -hmm. went to boarding school. But I can imagine. Oh, I mean, the boarding school kids, same. Oh, yeah. It's a very similar deal. Same, same, but different. No parents. No parents. (laughs) No parents, but there's still the same, you know, pressures and totally anxiety. I mean, it's... 
it's also kind of that point where people start abusing Adderall in, oh, in a I way. Oh, I mean, yeah, and snorting it instead, yeah. which I still am confused about. Me too. It's like, wait totally. the extra, like, whatever minutes. Or just... <laughs> I know. Yeah, or just but... relax for a second. But, no, I agree. It's I like, let's get into brown. Yeah. It's like, you're not going to get in any faster by snorting right. it. But, right. okay. Exactly. <laughs> it's not like some magic trick. Or, like, get in at all. Right. Or, I mean... <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, out. that's definitely, like, a big part of it, too. School pressures and everything. But I, I noticed I started when I first took medication for ADHD, I was getting a lot of anxiety and then they gave me an antidepressant to mm-hmm. bridge to bridge the gap, quote unquote. Oh, I mean they're automatically paired. Yeah. It's like you get Adderall, you go back two weeks later to your doctor, hey, I'm freaking out. Yeah. I can't sleep. And then they're like, here's some clothes or whatever. Yeah. Piling on the meds and then your body becomes reliant on them and everything. And I'm not someone who's against medicine at all, but I definitely think that there's just a lot of push that's so funny because at first i was the most against medication really ever and i was like no 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 and i was refusing and then they were like just try adderall for a week and i was getting such good grades that yeah. one week and i was on top of the world and yeah I it's true for good you definitely so like, change like mind yeah <laughs> the routine definitely changes and you definitely see effects right away i was so against it yeah though. and like even later in life i like ended up taking medication that you take every day for anxiety and depression And that I was super against too. And there was, there comes a point in your life, this is out of the realm of Adderall and short term things. And this is everyday stuff where you're like, okay, this could be a temporary fix for me until I get my shit together. Yeah. Definitely an ongoing battle, especially when you're just like, I want to try and live my life medicated free. And then you're like, shit, never mind. Like, let me give in. I mean, no one. Really wants to be on medication. I don't think. It's what do you have something. to say about this? Yeah, I've always been anti-medication. It's kind of the opposite story for me. I grew up on the Upper West Side, and then my parents pulled me out of the city and put me in school. That's where I met Steph in private school out in Connecticut. Oh, I but, went to college in Connecticut. We have a lot oh, yeah? to talk about. Where'd you go to school? <laughs> I went to Connecticut College. Oh, nice. But yeah, I definitely saw that. Like when I would come back in the city, all my friends were growing up way faster than I was. Yeah. And so I was kind of removed from it. Like, I never really got into the ADD medication or anything like that. That's good, though. I mean, yeah. I kind of wish I, like, had an experimental phase where I tried a bunch of stuff. But... So you got it out of the way. Yeah, I got it. Like, eh. <laughs> like, now I'm like, oh, I'm such an old soul. And I, like, talk to my parents' friends <laughs> at, like, dinner parties. And they're like, oh, like, you're just such an old soul. I love talking to you. And yeah. I'm like, shit. This is <laughs> I got fucked up really early now on. You have <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel the same way, actually. Like, I spent a lot of time with elderly people. <laughs> I'm more comfortable with older people like. yeah i mean thanksgiving was just last week and i literally was like with my great aunt like, yeah just discussing life and she was they like, have a lot to share i, I mean, will i will say and yeah. they weren't fully medicated right away so right it, it's yeah, like true. interesting to hear yeah that i mean their way of life was totally different too just like everything they i did. mean there was it's also so funny to think about how people were medicated like housewives were medicated with the things we got medicated or we got prescribed for if Adderall was right. too stressful for us. It's like such a funny switch. I know. The housewives in the 50s and 60s, they were getting Xanax. And yeah. then like we get Xanax if we're Adderall or Adderall is like giving us too much with anxiety. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really. That's re- actually really interesting. And yeah. I think that's kind of where the stigma of taking anti-anxiety medicine began kind of mm-hmm. in, that, in that era because 
it was almost seen as a negative and therapy was definitely seen as a negative. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it still is and people yeah. absolutely refuse. I just don't understand. Personally, I love hearing the sound of my voice, so maybe I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm not like the best person to talk to. I was really against it at first, but this is fifth grade me being like, right. no, I don't need it because of the stigma. Yeah. But I just don't really understand what is the harm? What does, right. what does it do? What's the problem? Like, just try it. Right. It, it's know, confidential. It's not like they're going to go share your secrets. And you don't have to go around <laughs> telling people about it if you don't feel comfortable right. with it. It is your personal business, but at the same time, it's like talking to your friends about your things. It's your problems it's kind of the same thing it's just one person has a license to do it and the right. other person doesn't or yeah. and they a have medical a medical degree or whatever. right and they won't they won't share your business they actually can give you good insight plus it's hard to put all your problems on your friends all the time or your family especially yeah. if there's like too much they can't handle oh a hundred percent i mean when my parents got divorced that was when i started going to a therapist yeah and started Saying, you know, I don't really want to burden my friends with these problems, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I wasn't – they were like, no, you're not burdening burdening us, but I was – But it's just better. Yeah. It's healthier all all around, I think. Talking is healthy. Yeah. Like, I don't understand girls, guys – What's up with the stigma? Yeah. It's 2018. I know. I mean, there's a lot of I fucked up pe- shit out there right people now. People, like, put off, like, a persona that they're very put together. It's like those family portraits. Yeah. It's like waspy family right, portraits. Right, where they're just not with smiling. The, with the golden retriever <laughs> yeah. and, like, the bows and the hair. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, but Everyone it, wants to be, seem perfect, but no one is. And it's really interesting when you find out people's... Fam- that's like when everyone thinks their family's crazy. It's like every single person has a crazy family. Yeah, yeah. everybody's crazy. got their shit. It's what makes everyone interesting, I think, personally. I think it is generational, though, too, like going back to that. Like the older generation had to keep a lot of shit in and didn't because there was even more of a stigma against therapy. Yeah. And it's like talking about shit, especially for like for men. Yeah. The the uh, older generation is all about like being stoic and not talking about yeah. anything and like drinking away their problems. Right. Or, like, not, you could drink you know, in the office back then. Yeah. Mad Men. I was wa- I watched yeah. Mad Men. They I'm said- watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Right so good. Now too. Yeah. So good. Oh, so amazing. They um. sent. They sent the the mom to therapy in in Mad Men, and it was this huge secret, and she was totally. And it was also super corrupt and everything. He, mm-hmm. The therapist was telling the husband everything, but it was just the idea that she had to go to therapy and he didn't was just a whole. A whole other yeah. animal as well. I mean, I don't even think it's a stick going back to old times versus new times. It's like even today, it just really bugs me out that so many guys like aren't open about. And I was talking with you guys about yeah. this earlier, but they're just not open about the fact that they have not even like a mental or illness or anything, just like issues that need to be talked about. And I don't understand the stigma that goes behind it anymore with these gender norms it just yeah it really makes no sense to me i really don't understand why guys aren't kind of stepping up to the plate and realizing that it's a space therapy is a space for them too because you know it comes out in other ways going to university and seeing these crazy bar fights and guys just getting their anger out in other ways or anxiety out in other ways and i just think it's really unhealthy and kind of makes for an unsafe or just unhealthy environment when they can just fess up and i think it's actually the more not masculine thing to do but it's the it's the right thing to do and it's overall just helping your community out and everyone's environment and good energy all around if you 
are just open to it's the mature thing about. to do that's for sure yeah but like let's be honest i, I don't know if i'm the most mature person yeah well <laughs> well there's emotional maturity emotional there. okay. yeah. there's different levels of maturity yeah. that's yeah. that's what i've learned at least like, you can yeah, definitely right. be immature spirit wise too but yeah. Or like humor, whatever it is, but yeah. Okay, yeah. Humor wise, like what's those. your experience in that whole yeah. phase? I think I was definitely Jack. in the boat of like I had to keep everything together. I kind of kept everything in for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once I got in therapy, I was like, no, there's nothing wrong with this. And now I'm a proponent of like everybody seeing a therapist. Right. We all have those friends that just like overshare and like use us, use like their friends as therapists. Yeah. I just feel like everybody could do. I get it. Look, it costs money and it's not covered. It, it's insurance. not covered and it, it, it needs to be worked out the way that the system is right now. But yeah, yeah that's definitely um, a huge problem that I yeah. neglected. But it, it can yeah. be more accessible and and just talked about more. I think I'm I used to like when I was first in therapy for the first like year, I didn't talk about it. And now I'm like so open with all my friends because I'm like, yeah. listen, like there's nothing wrong with it. In the school that we went to in high school, like, it's all about all the guys. Like, the culture there was very bro culture. It was all about, like, keeping everything in. And, like, yeah. Oh, I'm cringing. The, like, anger and, like, the drunken fights were all a thing. And I think it still is a thing now. Even I'm 28, but even with people my age. Like, again, it it, it comes down to generational. It's it's how people's fathers handled uh, their their kids dealing with emotions. And, like, yeah. Yeah, you know what's actually really funny on that note, too, that I didn't even realize? Guys don't even talk about it with their own guy friends. No. And it comes no. out. Yeah, like they comes don't. comes out in yeah, episodes. I, have, I mean, my, my dad, I, as I said earlier, is he's really encouraging about being open about your feelings and it's okay to be a sensitive guy. And my 18-year-old brother is so, you know, sensitive and talks about it with all, like, all of his inner thoughts with his best guy friends and I think mm-hmm. it's so healthy and so great and it makes me so proud as an older sister and it's just like crazy to me that I like look at guys my age I'm 25 and like <laughs> they still can't even handle a conversation right. that's like beyond no. like oh yeah look at that girl's tight ass if you have other shit in your brain that like you deep need thoughts yeah you have deep thoughts like we're all human here right and like, it's it's not embarrassing to tap into that emotion. It's not even about embarrassing. It's like, again, what you said, the persona. It's yeah. like the it's girls with the Instagram. Right. Yeah. It's like, let's just show my best self. Yeah. It's also interesting in terms of relationships and how that works. Oh, my God. Especially rem- with yeah. the physical assault. Oh, yeah. Going on. I, I remember going through a breakup and I met with my therapist in college and even just talking about my friends and their breakups and that kind of thing and how the girl always is super emotional right off the bat, usually, most of the time. Depends on the person. But if you look at a variety of relationships, I would say the girls are majority more emotional. Or if something happens, like, they can cry. They can let it out. Like, Uh I'm not even a big crier, but they can let it out. Not even get emotional, but kind of say how they feel to their significant other or whatever it is. And my therapist, I remember her telling me this, and I've never forgot it, that guys always take breakups so much harder than girls. Oh, yeah. But they just don't show it. Yeah. And that's why it takes them so much longer to get over a mm-hmm. breakup. They'll hold on to it for a really long time because 
we release our feelings pretty much right away after a breakup. Yeah, you especially. just get it out. Yeah. I just like I write letters sometimes, sure. even if I don't send them. Like yeah. I'm just I'm get all into it uh-huh. and then kind of get all my thoughts out and then I'm fine. But yeah. like oh, that's a good guy, of you because yeah. I actually send the letters, which is bad. Well, I have done that, but <laughs> <laughs> but a guy like will the, like, not. Two, like two hours later, yeah. You're like, Shit. You're like, why but did it's I like do that? Le- yeah, but like at least it's out. And it's like, like closure. It's also you have nothing to lose. That's right. so funny you say that. My ex-boyfriend, even a couple of months ago, he has a new girlfriend now, and he was still like, you know, I'm not over you, blah, blah, right. blah, like drunkenly when I saw him. And I remember he wasn't upset about it, and I was like hysterical. Right. I, I, I call it my Avril Lavigne phase. When yeah. we broke up, I dyed my hair blue. I was mm-hmm. like, maybe I can try bisexuality, and like this will hold new <laughs> beginning for me. I, I mean, that I'll didn't actually. Uh, that didn't pan out. I, I'm not bisexual, guys. But anyway, so. Um, <laughs> no, but. But like I was just really feeling myself, yeah. like really feeling it. And I remember like he was just going to work, doing drugs, blah, blah, blah. And I yeah. was like, wow, like you're just like a robot. Like right. what's going just, on? Like, how do you not care? Yeah, and it's just drowning it out and numbing it out. And then like it comes back at times right. delayed that. You... And I'm telling you a lot of the, a lot of guys I've dated too with drugs being discussed in the beginning of this conversation they end up being dependent on these benzos and then that's their way of coping and it's another reason for i think drug addiction becoming super relevant in adolescence in life and especially in breakups if you're already surrounded by this drug culture Mm -hmm. of being prescribed things at an early age hand in hand with adderall and xanax or whatever um whatever cocktail yeah yeah it's just like a automatic way of yeah. being addicted and, and like my repressing, same repressing thing. the feelings yeah. down yeah more. self-medicating and not even knowing that you're doing it like, yeah just being so used to being numb to feeling anything right that you just keep doing it and, and you don't want to feel something especially if it's pain it's, so. right. and it's crazy too because they're already being prescribed these meds right and so they're like oh i'm not addicted and just because you're being prescribed and this is another thing i wanted to talk about is the you know, right and wrong way of using these drugs, even if you're prescribed them and your doctor not talking about enough with you. But no, even if you're prescribed something, you're not supposed to take like, Clonopin or Xanax every single day. You're supposed right. to take that when, as needed. Right. And when you have a panic attack. Yes, or an ex- their whole reasoning for, oh, like, I'm fine. This is something I'm prescribed. It's no, like, it's not yeah, fine. No. You're going to get a seizure if you stop taking those. Right. But that's definitely um, something I wanted to talk yeah. about. As yeah, that's actually... The wrong and right way of taking prescription drugs. And yeah, I don't think it's explained enough. And I, I was thinking... Not. Yeah, I was also thinking when you go to pick up your medicine from a pharmacist, they they always ask you, do you understand the Yeah, they want to give on, you instructions. On, and no one ever really takes it. It's almost like when you click a consent form and you have no idea. Yeah, you're just like, oh, it. Yeah. An agreement like, the I- yeah, iTunes terms you sign of for agreement. Instagram, they're yeah. like, you want access to your microphone and yeah. your camera forever. Forever. Yeah. And we and will send you ads. Your... Yeah, and then you get We will send targeted. you ads that you never even typed in the Google search, but we heard you. Spies. We're going to get a lot of prescription Spies. medication ads in our phones yeah, today. Yeah, exactly. But that's really interesting because no one actually really understands how to take it, I don't think. and Well, I think there's two types of people. Or how to not take it. But, right. Yeah. yeah, I think there's two types of people because I'm the type of person where I told you I wasn't all for the medication and so when I was being prescribed medication I was asking 10 million questions okay how do I do this 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 yeah whatever I was asking every single question in the world whereas some other people are just like oh fine I'll take it and they just don't really like even bother because they don't really like if a doctor's prescribing it to them then they think they just 
yeah. you know, that's it. Asking questions is just so important. Yeah. And this is just me being curious and obnoxious, and that's me asking questions about everything constantly. Yeah. But um, a lot of people aren't like that, and it's important to be like that. You're putting chemicals into your body to hopefully better yourself. Right. So why wouldn't you ask about what's being put into your body? And I what mean, you like, can mix with those chemicals in your like body. Like no one's eating romaine right now. Yeah. It's everywhere. Right. Like we know not to put that into our body. Do we have to put like all over the news like how to take yeah. certain medications? Right. I'm, like I'm confused. People will just ignore it until it's becomes like a life or death thing yeah. i think or like until there's a new study that says blah blah right. blah no yeah. i had a friend who took too much adderall once and she had to go to the hospital and when we were in college she was like i literally thought i was getting a seizure i'm never taking more than this i mean your heart could like, definitely stop i was like oh my god dude you had to get to that point yeah to like it's crazy i mean it's definitely you know? it's like a form of speed so you definitely can get addicted to it super easily and that kind of like mentality of oh i don't have to sleep and i'm not hungry so i get really skinny and you just like get a lot of stuff done and all of that but it's interesting because going to boarding school we actually had to go to the nurse to get our medicine Mm. so we didn't have it in our room so it was dispersed to us just like day by day and we couldn't that was like almost a way that we couldn't sorry i'm getting such girl interrupted vibes from that It was weird. I know yeah. it was a co-ed school. No, it was Sorry. definitely co-ed, but, but it was weird. Yeah, we had to go to the nurse every morning. She would give us our medicine. We'd take it, and then we'd leave. And it was okay, like yeah, – yeah. And it was like – Did they did they watch you take it? Um, Yeah. We just took it there. I mean, it wasn't – Were they like, lift your tongue? We have to do no, it wasn't like uh. that. It intense, wasn't that. But, <laughs> but yeah. School, I think it was their way of like controlling the substances because it, since we all do live together, it's very easy yeah. to – if you if I had pills in my room to just disperse them. Right, but I feel yeah. like kids found stuff anyway. Like I feel like in yeah, I mean, I'm sure that yeah. everyone finds a way to have that kind of stuff in their room. But I mean, it it was definitely it was controlled, which is I think it helped because when I did start taking them and once you got to college, understood it, you kind of get yeah. in that rhythm of like yeah. when you should take it and that kind of thing and what works. But there was a point I definitely like when they put me on the antidepressant for the emotional imbalance kind of thing they when i was taking the medicine i i just kind of quit cold turkey one day because i was like i don't need antidepressants i'm not depressed you quit cold turkey yeah which is not you're not supposed to do that that, and i don't recommend it from any other i mean i I made that mistake too though i won't it was bad i mean i was fine but it's not i don't recommend it at all and i it was like a a very small dose so it's okay but i never had done that again with any medicine like i've always even when I went off of Adderall for a lot, like I was off of all my medicine for like two years, basically. And even doing that, I kind of weaned myself off of it. But yeah, I will say it's weird when you take it all the time. You do kind of learn how to function without it in a way. After a while, once I stopped taking it, I was like, okay, now I've learned these tools of mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to do when I am taking medicine. Mm-hmm. I kind of figured out how to get my work done without the medicine after After having ru- had the medicine. Have, yeah, having that routine ingrained in me, I guess. Wow. And now I, I really don't take it very often. Just like, It's so interesting it. because it really depends on the personality and, like, the type of person you are. Yeah. I never felt like addictive personality type regardless of the, you know, yeah. there's like Zoloft is an example of a drug you have to take every day. So that you have to wean off of mm-hmm. Adderall and other drugs you don't have to do that with. And um, for me, I, once I was done with college, I was like done not taking that ever again. That shit makes me feel miserable. I'm yeah. over it. Thank you for the good 
grades, but bye-bye. Right. And then there are other friends of mine who had to, like, kind of adjust their life a yeah. little bit. And, um, yeah, definitely. Not, yeah, it, to me, I was just like, goodbye. Yeah. I was so happy. I mean, when you're not studying every day, it's really not as necessary unless you're doing, like, really intense well, there's some finance, finance work yeah. and computer work. So, <laughs> yeah, like, like I get that. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you have work, I mean, I was modeling. I definitely don't need to be, like, <laughs> focused, that focused all day, but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I definitely learned, even while I was taking it, I think I I was able to take less and less throughout college, too, and just kind of figure it out. Really? Wow. Yeah, I remember my therapist at the time was, she she always said people with ADD were, like, the most brilliant because I think it's probably because we can think a million different things. Yeah. Kind of access other parts of our brain. Yeah, Yeah, and, like, use our brains differently, but... um, Yeah, we're special. We're special. (laughs) Um, She said a big part of it is learning to not become reliant on it using your ADD or whatever it is to your benefit which is what I think a lot of things with mental illness are need to be worked on is anyone who has this kind of whatever it is anxiety depression whatever it is kind of like use it in a way that can benefit your life rather than make it worse yeah or like mm-hmm. look at it and like when you think about it you have to like really create your own perception of it and like use it in a way okay this isn't the end of the world this is something that i have and it's not my life it's just a part of me and right. like you you know being more vulnerable in that case too also for me at least in my experience has been so great because then it allows me to have really deep deeper conversations with other people that I don't know and I get to connect with so many people on different levels and you know you don't necessarily have to talk about a mental illness Mm -hmm. but just knowing that and knowing your personal experiences and yeah I mean it just makes it like easier in general and then I I found this in job interviews and stuff not where you talk about again yeah because it's still too stigmatized to even talk about totally of course, in, in the professional keep you place. from yeah of getting course a job but um <laughs> i mean yes and no i don't know no i'm just saying like it really is it being more vulnerable and like understanding of the different things you have in your life and just having a better understanding of that helps you get a better understanding of other people around you yeah and that's really important absolutely i think and i think in school when you're kind of you're doing a lot of work that you don't it, it's also about like your what you're passionate about. You're not really as focused or, or really motivated to learn about whatever it is in school that you're not interested in. But once you start taking classes or doing a job that you love and you're really passionate about, it's almost like that becomes your focus and it's enjoyable to you. So it's its, it's own medication because you're like right. focused and passionate. It's like a, you get like a high off of just like doing something you love. So it, you almost don't need the medication to push you to do something like right. math that you don't know how to do or this and that well it really depends on the person i think because i do have a lot of friends who are really passionate and they still will take in they still need it yeah because they you know they really even if they're passionate about it they still just can't concentrate for longer than five minutes and i mean it's definitely a balance yeah it's a balance and then it's also like how badly do you actually need the drug you know there are a lot of these doctors Growing up on the free side, this is something that was definitely, yeah. you know, I saw on a daily basis or heard about where it's like, yeah, like I went and faked it and I just got the prescription, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I mean, I just, there's certain people who get it prescribed and then, you know, they like start relying on them, whatever, and then they 
don't really need it as badly as they thought or yeah. they didn't need it at all to begin with. And so become, it really just depends yeah. on... You can become dependent on it even if you didn't ever yeah. need it. Because... I mean, I definitely was in college. I could not study yeah. for uh, my finals without it. Yeah. I mean, I think there are definitely people who... Like I have, I have met friends of mine who are not do not have ADD who oh, have and, taken it, and then oh my I'm, god, are just, you kidding? Yeah. Around midterms, people would bag me all yeah. the time to buy my Adderall. Yeah. And I was like, dude, like no, you're like I need not, it actually. <laughs> not even that. Like I don't want to get into shit ton of trouble. Right? So, no, thank you. Of course. Yeah, but yeah, it's true. It's we actually we talked to a girl on the last episode and she she mentioned something about um people manipulating the symptoms of ADD and that kind of thing and kind of sharing with their their doctor like they they knew what to say to get yeah. prescribed yeah. which is totally messed up and there clearly needs to be like a, a bigger um i mean that's a, just like the a also, bigger surveillance there's also that. that's like the more inexpensive way of doing it because yeah. I remember when I got tested, it was like a series of tests for months at a time. It took a long time. And yeah. my parents were like, thank God we love you. Yeah. <laughs> and like are able to do this for yeah. you because you actually ended up needing it. No, I just think there's like, you know, little shortcuts of getting around it. And yeah. That's just not fair. Right. And I think it's like with any mental illness or whatever it is, I think everyone since everyone is different it operates differently within them so someone who has anxiety like i've done a lot of different research on anxiety and how every single person who has anxiety just it comes out differently and even well i think every single person has anxiety it's just a matter of oh, totally. whether they're not it, whether aware it comes of it out it's it. high function there's yeah. a high there's a form of high functioning anxiety there's anxiety that comes from other mental illnesses, there's this and that. And oh, yeah. Like, or triggered by past experiences yeah. or whatever. So I think when some – it also a self-awareness thing. If you're super self-aware as a person and then you know you, you're very aware that you have these things, even if you they are high-functioning, then you're able to operate at a different level than someone who kind of is less aware of, of – even like having like the emotional maturity or mm -hmm. emotional intelligence to like know yourself and be like, okay, I need this medicine right now or not mm -hmm. recognizing that and just kind of like letting your emotions run wild and yeah. that kind of thing. So it's interesting. Uh, we also wanted to talk about the word crazy. Yeah. Because that is something I'm very guilty of saying. And I've probably said it on this podcast the past like four episodes we've had. So. <laughs> we should do a crazy count. Yeah. A crazy count. A crazy count. count. It's one of those millennial well, we terms for sure. I think saying crazy, that's crazy, that's insane, that kind of thing. I think it's something I am going to try to actively put out of my vocabulary, especially because there's such a stigma behind the word crazy, especially, and we were talking about the gender gender roles when it comes to mm -hmm. using the word crazy. I think girls are often called crazy, especially in relationships, because of them being emotional or whatever it is maybe hormones have to do with it who knows i just think we're really I easily mean, not even hormones yeah it's just being okay i'm crazy yeah. like, we're in yeah. touch with our emotions yeah. no it's like why is that a bad thing also yeah like what is me expressing myself and crying about a situation that is probably super emotional or just crying yeah i think crying so healthy it's i love a healthy. cry it's a bad deal I really love a good cry, guys. I love a good cry as well. Yeah. Because it doesn't happen that Lots often, but same, it's great. But it's yeah. a great release. It you gotta it's say. such a good release. But it's true. I mean, 
the amount of times I've heard that word used for fun and like no one really thinks about it, but to be funny. And then another way is just to like put someone down is diagnose someone when it's, it's like you're, you're not a doctor. It's like, you're not a doctor. Don't diagnose someone. It's also funny because like it can be used in such a casual way. And then if you're in a really deep fight with someone, this has happened to me or someone's like laughing. They're like, ha you're crazy. That has like put yeah. me over the edge, and I'm like, well, now I'm gonna become right. It's a like psycho. when someone tells you, I'm gonna be crazy. It's like well, when someone psycho, tells you to calm down or like relax. I'm, but psycho is the same. When you're oh my god, psycho is the worst. One. The worst. Yeah, I was gonna say no. Like I'm not. I yeah. should be careful with my words now. <laughs> um, no, like the worst when someone's like, you gotta chill or like you need yeah, to relax, calm down. That is when like, all of a sudden. I, you become less calm and you want to freak out. I become <laughs> way less calm and I'm like, hold up there. You're yeah. telling me I'm the one who needs gloves to calm are down. off. Oh, yeah. Hoops are off. Yeah. Gloves hoops are, off. are off. Claws out. The hair extensions. Yeah. I don't have any, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> metaphorical hair extensions. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, I definitely am guilty of using psycho and crazy, oh, insane, I use it all, all the of time, these things. But, but it's almost be more like, careful. Totally. It's like using the word retarded. It, that should be banned from everyone vocabulary as well it's it's totally it's like also saying like that's so gay yeah it's not okay to say it's just inappropriate like the it's i don't even know if crazy is a real thing when i think about it what really defines someone as crazy because i want to look it up in the dictionary right now (laughs) it's very interesting yeah i mean it is true it sort of goes along with the people who I mean, we were talking about Amanda Bynes' paper magazine article that oh, came out. Oh, God bless her. I'm so is, happy she's yeah. had her come back. She's, Thank she's, God. Is she back? Is she officially back? She, she is She's getting back. back into acting. I'm very proud of her. And, you know, I've always sort of had a soft spot in my heart for Amanda Bynes. Um, I mean, we're 90s I think we, kids. We all yeah. grew up with all that. We all knew. We grew she, up with her. Yeah, also, show? absolutely. Yeah. Legendary. I mean, it was so legendary. She but was also, like the star of all that. Right. But I remember the amount of times people would, I mean... I'm probably guilty of it as well. You just kind of laugh at the tweets she was sending and all these things. Well, yeah, because it was crazy. Yeah. Well, right. It was crazy. I deleted my Twitter, right. so I'm, like, out of that realm. I but... mean, I didn't... I saw them, like, through other social media platforms oh, as yeah. well. And kind of people would Instagram them, like, the whole thing with her tweeting Drake. And I know she's mm-hmm. not comfortable talking about it because she's so embarrassed. Yeah. But she said she was in a very bad state on Adderall and smoking marijuana and things like that. And it just didn't counteract... It, the chemicals in her brain just did not react well with these medicines and this and the drugs she was taking. But what I find so interesting is I remember it so specifically people <laughs> being like, she's absolutely crazy. Like she has these problems. And I always had this soft spot for her. Well, she's clearly not well right now. Like no yeah. one seems to get, yeah, she's not doing this to get attention. And Amanda Bynes is a really good example of that. Yeah. But I think there are a lot of people. I mean, I think, I think everyone's allowed to have a time in their life where they're clearly going through a rough time. Right. I definitely had a rough stage in my life. Everyone goes. It's a growing period, I think. It's a growing period, and you do some shit you regret (laughs) and whatever, but, like, why why do people have to be such haters? Why can't you just be like, okay, like, they're going through a hard time, and that's just that. It's easy to laugh at, and it's easier to go along with the crowd and say, but it's, like, actually really serious, and it really isn't okay. So, like, when's the point in the conversation where someone's talking about it and someone in the conversation should be like, dude, she's probably going through it here. Right. She's probably like, this going through isn't, time. This isn't something to laugh about. It's something that she's clear. It's almost a cry for help. It's 
or not even a cry or, for help, but just like let her it's fucking just, yeah. be. Like let her make her mistakes. She had a very public life, Amanda Bynes. But yeah. from in the general, very too, young like, age, a lot of people I know, like just from growing up, think you know were acting not like themselves at certain times in their life, and then later on, I found out. You know, a divorce, a death, something was happening. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, like, it's really unfair because that's what you, reputation and gossip, it circles, but it still comes around, oh, remember that time when she did that? Yeah, and it definitely projects in different ways, no matter what you're going through. But I always knew something was up, and I knew that it was, because a lot of of times this happens in your early 20s and mid-20s especially. 20s are rough. They're rough, and you your brain actually does change. So you have actual growing periods of Mm -hmm. figuring out who you are, what you want, what you like. You don't really know yourself. You're kind of going from a system to being free, but also like supposed to be back in a system Supposed to to know what you want to do, but not Supposed to know, and then you're kind of pushed, going from a place where people tell you kind of what you're supposed to do all the time to not knowing. And and I know from reading her article that she suffered from um, body dysmorphia. Yeah, she said it was triggered by seeing herself as like a male on that movie. Right, and she's the man, and she just wanted to... She hated the way she looked, seeing herself there and seeing herself in EZA and that kind of thing. So I was like, oh, I mean, I can totally relate to, like, seeing a photo of yourself that you hate. And then I can see the same photo six months later and be like, wow, that was actually a really good photo of me. And I don't know why I hated it so much. Uh So it just really – it's your mind playing tricks on you. And if she's already medicated and taking, like, Adderall, she's probably super – neurotic about it and intense and looking at this and only picking herself apart and not actually focusing on the fact that she's a great actor. Right. It's great that she was able to find that point in her career that she shut everyone out and focused on what she wanted and she's like a great student. But also that she's like open about talking about what she went through and where she's at now. Like I feel like yeah, uh, the people who have like a, a huge spotlight on them like Kanye like People are so quick to label Kanye as crazy and, like, yes, he's giving us every reason to continue to call him crazy. But, like, he's clearly, like, I think he's bipolar. Like, he clearly has some, like, mental issues. He opened up about being bipolar. Yeah, but, like... Wasn't that what his album was about yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, he there's definitely times where he's been off, off his medication and surrounded by the wrong people, and those are the times when he like has these outbursts that right. are in public. I feel like just in general, we don't have enough sympathy for just because they're like famous people and they we feel like they shouldn't have these problems. Right? Like, they're gonna have the, the same problems well, like, that any of us are gonna have. Focusing back to normal people and not just people in like the public, uh-huh. even though it's so yeah. easy to, it's a good thing to go to them as an example. But it's interesting just to think about in conversation, like what do we do? Maybe take a step back from you know gossiping about people when they have these issues people like to talk about dirty mean things like yeah that's like the juicy thing to talk about can we start talking about hobbies or like new movies or i don't right. know i know it sounds more boring but like what things are things that are actually meaningful and fulfilling in life. yeah yeah i mean it's just there's a stigma around it but we love to talk about it's it like a, it's, it's like a reinforcing such, the stereotype yeah by it's talking just about like it. It's just like, how do we change that pattern? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not like Socrates over here. Right. Like, I mean, just... personally, when I went through my concussion and was in a really bad place mentally and just every physically, I completely cut myself off of social media and it was the best thing I've ever done. Because I was yeah. like in already such a bad headspace that just being on social media was such a negative experience for me at that time just because I everything was negative for me so learning to be present and not it's the internet 
in general can be such an angry place and I'm I'm interested Dark place. Yeah, and people say 5 years ago it was worse, but I'm not sure that's true. Uh-uh. Um No, it's worse than it's yeah, ever been th- right now. I think it's worse now and people are just I saw that on your Instagram yesterday. I was yeah. like, "Nuh-uh." No it was from way. that article. <laughs> it said people were like much worse than I don't think so. I think people from Amanda's article? Yeah. Oh. People can be fake really easily and pretend to be one way. And that's why Instagram kind of exists as this curation yeah. of the perfect life the and perfect people being personal like brand. The perfect <laughs> caption and saying That's like why my bio is right it's things. my life and you're just seeing some of it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you're not seeing all you're not mm-hmm. seeing, at all. You're not seeing you're the seeing real my highlights. Yeah, you're not seeing everything. You know, it doesn't define a person. And I think a lot of people just don't really show their true selves on there, but a lot of people do hide behind that's why social media. That's it's easier. I think it's easier to to be fake on any well, social yeah. media. It's or cyberbully like... someone on social media. Right. So funny you guys say that too because like I have so many friends before they go on a date or if they're using Hinge or something and they're checking out a girl or a guy's social media and they're kind of judging and I'm like, dude, do not judge these people based yeah. off of their social media. Please, please don't. How they look, anything about their personality, no, 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 no. You can absolutely not because there's only a specific, very slight sliver of their life they're actually showing. Yeah. Well, that's the problem with dating apps is that, like, you're only really seeing one side of – until you get to meet them and get to know them. And right. then you're like, wait, this isn't the person that I saw on the – you know, right. for better or for worse. Which is interesting because some people are completely different when you meet them in person and then some people are um, – actually like the fake version that you see like on... even better and or the worst like, comes to worst you get catfish too right it's happened to me. <laughs> has that really happened yeah. to you someone's made a fake profile of me on facebook where literally they had like five thousand friends and they were like asking me blonde dates thank god my cousin worked on at facebook at the time oh my goodness yes. <laughs> that's wild anxiety provoking <laughs> yeah wow that's scary and also so horrible. I mean, who does that? People have a lot of time on their hands. That's what I've noticed, especially with social media. I'm shocked people have the time to get in these altercations on Trolls. comments yeah. and things like that. Yeah, that's sort of the negativity that I wanted to stay away from when I was uh, on social media. And just I didn't really want to see what everyone was doing because I knew I wasn't going to be able to enjoy it. And I was... I wanted to – it was, like, the first step in just making myself healthier. I actually learned how to use social media in a different way where I don't take so much into it. Like, I, I need kind to of, take yeah. a lesson from you. Yeah, but it's great. Also, you gave yourself space. Like, by, by getting off of Instagram or um, Facebook, like, you're allowing your, yourself space from having to feel pressure to, like, right. post stuff or, like, put out a version of yourself that yeah. – that you and want you really, to present as... You really just talk to the people that you want to talk to. And right. You, and you actually you, learn who is interested in yeah. staying in touch with you, not through social media. And it's but. a great way to just be present. My, I'm never really on my phone. Like, I still took pictures and, like, sent... I still did things. Yeah, but, but for you, not for anyone for else. Me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like um, you allowed yourself space for you to figure it out. Right. I guess you learn a lot more about yourself because you're not trying to be someone... For someone for, else. For other people. Yeah. yeah. I also think it's funny because you know they're saying like now more than ever that people are being prescribed more things and have more anxiety now more than ever because of social media yeah i've definitely had so many times where i like seeing people i'm like dislike and i see them like with people hanging out with my friends and it makes me upset or it makes me anxious i'm like oh what if they're talking about me yeah they're definitely not and it's just like funny how those two are kind of uh, the meds and anxiety and 
and social media are all, like, paired up in that way. Yeah. And just, I'm gathered, I guess. I mean, people say that. It's been making more people anxious, and, and I read something about it. It's how making me anxious how, talking about how it. How anxiety was, like, <laughs> like uh. at an all-time high in women, especially. Yeah. Um, well, that's, like, body dysmorphia stuff. Yeah, I mean, but in thinking of, of on that, I almost feel people say that only because maybe they have, like, statistical research now, but I'm pretty sure it's been like that for long yeah. before yeah. Instagram ever existed. I mean, it's the same thing with people saying the suicide rate is, like, super high right now and all of that, but I, it is – it always yeah. been. Well, it's with it's anything. We just have more access to information yeah. and yeah. what's happening. It's like saying that the world's more fucked up now than it has ever been. Yeah, right. but that's like, so not The world's kind of always right. been fucked up. We just know about every fucked up thing and that's no one, happening. And people just didn't talk about it. Right. So people – Coming to me saying, oh, I'm so glad you put out this podcast. It's the perfect time for it because the mental health is at the forefront and all this stuff. And, well, yeah, that's great. But it, it's been going on for a really long time. Yeah. And, and people have not been, um, you know, after the whole Anthony Bourdain thing and then Kate Spade and all of that, people, I kind of – it's also that 1% of people you see on social media. And there's, like, a whole world out there who aren't even on social media. So mm. it's just that 1% where you think people are talking about things and they not – they aren't necessarily. And they might only – and a lot of – I noticed even in interviewing some people that they – a lot of people are really only talking about things through social media platforms, like – which is better than nothing, I will so say. True. A girl we had on, she said she really makes a lot of friends through Instagram because – and people who relate to her because in her town she doesn't really have that many people who are like her. It's It's interesting how we associate just – like a specific place as being the platform of conversation instead of just actually having a conversation. It's like you save it for posting an Instagram story or reposting mm -hmm. someone's photos of like some quote or whatever it is. And it's just, I find it funny that you could kind of have this outlet. And I guess that's, that's great if you do use it as that outlet for you, but some of those people still aren't able to just sit down and talk about it or go to a therapist or yeah. anything like that. And I think, I mean, we clearly, there clearly is a reason why everyone follows these accounts, the fat Jewish and, and Betches and all these kind of humor accounts mm -hmm. that are memes and things like that, that kind of poke fun at the real world and how we are really just human and people can relate to them so well because they're, they're usually surrounding funny things with like anxiety or dating or yeah, it's like the, life it's in general. Single, like you can laugh at something because it's relatable to right. you. But so there's really a reason they're popular, and there's right. and and that's because people are all feeling this way. But there's still this wall that people are just hiding behind. Well, it's easier to like something and be like, "Haha, I feel that way," than like to actually think about it or talk about yeah, it. And you just send keep scrolling. It to a friend. Yeah, send it to a friend. Haha, we both feel that way. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. And yeah, you, like, you don't this, talk like, about this it. This is like epitomizes the, us into one meme. Yeah. Some some of the memes are really dark and deep and on the surface it's like easy to laugh at but then you're like oh shit why am i right why do i relate to this yeah like, there's... i mean i think that's why comedy is a great outlet for people just yeah cause... yeah yeah but but you know in the past and now like stand-up comedy is a great form of like ex going deep and like exploring yeah. stuff and someone who's on stage telling a joke can go deeper than like a meme can go yeah it's yeah. very like surface level and it's kind of like also, it's, it's like scary. actually being spoken out loud in front of like yeah, it's kind of like a conversation. Like Chelsea Handler, of, yeah. like yeah. when I watch her, and like, I'm like, okay, this is another woman who's having right. Like, right. another issue that I can relate to, and yeah. she's talking about it, and you can see her and hear her, yeah. and it's just more yeah. relatable in that sense. It's 
not relatable, but it's just more real. Yeah. It's more real. It'd be like if you went to if you saw Chelsea Handler and she was holding up like cards that said the jokes instead of like her telling the joke. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, it it's interesting how even just stand up comedy in a job. I mean, we have some stand up comedians that are coming on to the show and I'm curious yet their insight oh my on God, it. But I'm so excited. Yeah. It'll be really good. And it, it's just interesting to hear their because, you know, I went to a comedy show last weekend actually and it was I found most things funny because I don't take it with so much I don't, you don't put so much on a joke it's a lot of people got deeply offended by some of the jokes and i, I yeah and i i've never understood why that people do that don't go to a comedy show if you're going to be offended if you're going like, to if you're it's supposed to be open and you're supposed to like right. be able to laugh at and things you, and it is supposed to kind of like shake things up a yeah. bit and kind of like shock you a little bit because you're saying what you're thinking. I feel like the whole point of comedy too is to open up conversation. Yeah. In politics especially, people are always saying, why are comedians starting to get so involved with politics? It's like, well, we haven't talked about enough of these topics like racism, so on yeah. and so forth. And it gives a space to really yeah. talk about things that make a lot of people yeah. normally uncomfortable and mental illness being one of them yeah. as well. So. But is there a fine line between, yes, okay, I'm okay with comedians talking about it, and then there's some people who joke about mental illness, or I'm kind of like, okay, that wasn't funny. Like, Yeah, I mean, there's I definitely a skill to it. I think there's a way to turn it around and turn it, turn it on its head to make it almost a positive joke by the end instead uh-huh. of something where you're just left being like, well, were they kidding or not kind right. of thing. But, yeah. I mean, I the mean, best comedians, what they're really doing is – putting a mirror on the audience and making them laugh at themselves. Right. But the the thing Mm -hmm. is that the thing that makes us comfortable with laughing at it is the fact that we think we're laughing at the person on stage. Right. When they're actually, it's us. And they're just really observant. And the reason why we're laughing is because we can relate to what they're talking (laughs) about. Exactly. But it's way easier and safer to laugh at them than it is to laugh at us or actually think about it. Yeah. Whereas like a friend calling you crazy. Right. That's You could be like, ha ha, that person's crazy on stage. I mean, it's the crazy thing. It's also, we talked about when people say, I'm going to, I'm going to kill myself or something. And and that's thrown around so much to the point where it is almost like, are you serious or are you actually, because I've, I've talked to friends who are literally like, I'm going to kill myself and I'm so upset right now. You don't know when, when is the time where you actually start worrying about what they're saying as, as it being like a a really serious thing they're saying, or it's a just over like drama suicidal jokes have just become such a norm like i have friends all the time who are like yeah just hit me with a truck and i'm just like wait what yeah okay it's a lot (laughs) it's also become such a norm but like why has it become a norm why are millennials so okay with talking about suicide is it because because, like it's all over like daily mail where it's like suicide blah 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 blah. i don't know yeah why my friends and i have a dark sense of humor in like in college there were times where i was like what are you doing tomorrow and my buddy would be like uh probably gonna kill myself and then after that maybe you want to get dinner yeah and i'd be like oh okay (laughs) like you don't know what i knew they were joking but but that's the thing is when someone does end up killing themselves you're like well the signs were all there or were they because you don't know yeah you have those friends who are just there are stories about people who who commit suicide who were seemingly the most happy and put together people. Right. Well, I think it's the people that never actually talk about it or joke about right. it that are gonna. And it's really like keeping it in. But that's it is. I mean, I'm guilty of saying it. For no, a hundred percent, million percent. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's comedy and there's certain spaces to talk about it in a joking way where the comedian knows what they're doing or. You know, and they could even have experience with them themselves. Exactly. So I mean, they a lot yeah. of people do say comedians like are some of the darker people. We yeah. Know, but, oh yeah. Um, for sure. Uh, no, I'm just 
wondering like where the fine line is drawn. Right. There needs to be some sort of line drawn. I mean, not like in you know, not like written in law or anything. Right. I mean, in social norms. Right. A common. It's like a common courtesy thing, kind of. Especially, it's it is the same thing as when you make a joke about someone's disabilities or whatever it is like saying like that person is downs or like you're you're retarded literally nothing annoys me more now right or like you're autistic or something and it's just like you actually don't know like the person you could be talking to could have like an autistic i also love (laughs) these um shows on tv um what's the one about the doctor the young doctor who's a good doctor the good doctor and like a great actor yeah great actor and like they're all these shows that are like really you know like using like atypical yeah on netflix yeah it's just like do the damn thing. Where they yes. show you like the positive side of having some some someone who just thinks with, from handicap, a different perspective. Maybe. Yeah, it's, it's totally like, a spectrum. It's really funny too because I wrote a college essay not about specifically me or I'm not going to name who, but about someone and like there wasn't necessarily a diagnosis on their mental health right. um, problem, but just that like it doesn't matter and that you just like as a person learn yeah. the like great good and good things that come with every single person, like yeah. how to see the good in all people regardless of whatever issue they have. Right. And some and I think in most cases like someone can have what you think are like all of the symptoms of whatever mental illness there is, whatever it, is, whatever it may be, <laughs> whatever. Um, Google it. But it's right? not like it's not necessarily one. It's not your place to diagnose anyone, and two, it's not. It's not necessarily like why. Why do they? In all, I mean, unless maybe they really need medication, they don't. Not everyone needs a label. You don't. We. I feel. I feel like, especially like a lot of doctors do this and kind of maybe even the pharmaceutical industry in general like pushes labels on people and diagnoses on people just because it like it's easier to just put someone on a medication and be like mm-hmm. okay you have this and then that also messes with your whole psyche because you're like all right like, well i have, I have this, this is, i have this yeah. problem i think there's so many varying degrees of it because after watching that show atypical uh, particularly i was like oh my gosh we're all on the spectrum we really are like yeah, every single true. person i was like i say i'm on the spectrum all spectrum. the time yeah. my friends are like no you're not and i'm like but, but we, like, all we all are. are. It's fine. It's like, just a whole, and the and spectrum like, is no, like infinite. There's just a whole. Right. Yeah, it really, we're all part of it. But it shows like that that I love because they really do humanize people and make and kind of. They, it's almost just talking on this podcast. They make you learn about different people and and see that they're completely. It's we're all alike, platform, yeah. right? It's very cool, I think. And that show, The Good Doctor, is particularly interesting because he's an amazing doctor. Yeah, but, he figures like, everything. He can out. do way more than I can. In, <laughs> in, in I mean, definitely yeah. not like the most realistic in some ways, right? That's, but that's Hollywood for you, <laughs> right? Call in exactly. the kid. We need surgery, right? Yeah. I mean, but it, that just shows you that there probably are kids out there like that, and maybe they won't even get the the opportunities that they should be getting just because they're pigeonholed into this you have this problem so you're this limits you to doing right. all these when things really when really it could when do it the opposite really yeah. yeah i think it's really interesting that you brought up putting people in categories and mm-hmm. labels um i like studied anthropology in college and yeah. that was like a huge problem at first with anthropologists um and then they were like crap we like, we can't fully do that but it's really the only reason why people are doing that is because they have no other way of talking yeah. about it so it's just in general when it comes to like just chatting with friends about 
different things. Like, I just think it's so important to be open to the spectrum, like I yeah. we was saying before, and just not to be repetitive, but, like, it really talking about just every single individual on this planet yeah. is different no matter what. You can meet someone like you, Steph. You could be yeah. my twin for all we know. And, like, right. you could have every single thing in common, yeah. same hair, same, you know, hobbies, whatever. But, like, we still have our own thoughts. We're still right. our own You're people. still your own people. So it's, like, people always have to, like, keep that in mind that yeah. it's, like, no matter what thing you have wrong with you or whatever is great about you like you just everyone's their own individual person yeah. i mean that, it's like that movie three identical strangers i haven't seen it it's interesting like crazy. One, they all yeah. they all were raised separately Sorry. by the Didn't government c word yeah but <laughs> all of a sudden like yeah. it's like what words can we use? yeah <laughs> just like bite my tongue the crazy kind of that came Wait, it's funny though because then when I when I first. tell myself not to say crazy, then I'm like, okay, what can I say? Insane. That's insane. I, sh- I shouldn't wild. say that. Well, no, yeah. I think wild. the crazy thing, like our conversation with it, was more about like gender norms and girls and guys using it with each other or theys and saying a girl's crazy and like, oh, she needs to go back on her medication and just stuff like that. Just like little sayings that are just really offensive and people need to like realize. It's it's kind of funny. It's my my family growing up. The word "shut up" was really offensive. No oh, one could same. say "shut up." It was like my dad would be like, "You're grounded." That Time is so out. funny. My Whatever. my mom ex- too. She would yeah. be like, "Don't you dare say that." It's like, it was like it was like saying "fuck you," but yeah. in like a that's baby funny. way. I mean, yeah. that's like, essentially what it is. It's yeah, like saying sh- it's like saying "shut the fuck up," but yeah. saying "shut up." Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's like one of those things. It's like a little thing where you have to kind of just realize your audience and who you're talking yeah. to, because maybe you're calling someone crazy that day and they actually like had a mental breakdown earlier that day where they felt yeah. like they were crazy. Like you just really need to be aware of your yeah. environment and who you're talking to. I mean, even still hearing if someone's told me to shut up, I would be like, I would melt yeah, people, I know like people, <laughs> it was so like in mean girls. Yeah. That became such things where it's like, shut up, bitch. And yeah. It's like, Oh, I know. It's like like, a thing now where we're like, it's okay. I know. I mean, (laughs) millennials in general and just everyone, whatever generation you are, I think everyone could use. I don't know what's really gone on with our uh, vocabulary, but it's just gone out. Yeah, there's so many. There's so so many words we can use. Why are we not using them? I mean, I have a really bad vocabulary. Maybe I should go back to school. I mean, after I'm doing this podcast, I was, I said, I need speech therapy and I need to. Without a dictionary, to, using the word like. I need a thesaurus. Oh, using the word like, my mom kills me on that. Oh. Same. You say like way too often. Yeah, I found that I was saying it every other word. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? My mom always interrupts me when I'm mid <laughs> when I'm mid thought about either the way I'm saying something or saying like, and I just get so mad. But it is true; it's kind of ingrained in you, and it's also kind of a habit that you pick up from certain people you hang around that have certain ways of speaking and yeah. that kind of thing. But Back to your point on the on the having your own thoughts and all of that, the Three Identicals, a Strangers movie was super interesting because they were all separated at birth by the don't government. Don't spoil it. I'm gonna spoil oh, it. You can't. Well, all right. You don't even oh, need spoiler alert. You, you oh, he spilled his coffee. Spoiler <laughs> alert. They all okay. I won't no, spoil you, it. I mean, you can you explain can just, it without spoiling yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Well, say. essentially, they all definitely have their own mental processes that are well, the, found yeah. out by the end and basically they're <laughs> yeah 
The so point. Okay, the premise is it's three. I um, will say the government had to do with it, but that kind of you find out later. Cut out? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Three triplets that get separated at birth, find themselves later in life, and yeah. then it goes deeper than that. They have this weird connection where they're super. Yeah, they're super super connected, and they're so similar right off the bat, like the minute they meet. But there's much more to it. They're and- told that they're crazy, and that they're you know basically that what's wrong with them is because of one thing, but it's really because of a whole deeper thing. Right, and and yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the whole point that I was trying to bring up is, like, every single person is, you know, you just have to be aware that, like, everyone around you is, like, in their own headspace. Yeah. And, ooh, it's called, I mean, headcase, headspace, whatever. But they're <laughs> yeah. in their own headspace, and, like, you just need to, like, be respectful of that. And it's really hard to wake up in the morning, you're, like, uh, tired, whatever, go to work, and, like, yeah. you're on the subway. Like, it's hard to, like, you know, really think in that way but you really have to just do that like practice that every morning waking up i meditate a lot so meditation is great part of how i wake up i'm like okay like i'm in my own space like so is everyone else blah blah blah. it's just like a thing that i like make sure to repeat to myself yeah but even if you don't meditate whatever just be aware totally like i mean i think we as humans are almost obnoxiously selfish at times that we think so much. I mean, we're in our 20s. We have yeah. to be a little self-righteous. Totally. I mean, that's fine. And But I think when I was at a really like low point where I was kind of just constantly like thinking about just negative thoughts towards myself or whatever it was, I remember my mom always being like, well, why don't you just, you know, she would get like fed up with me. She was like, you know, you have it much better off than most people. Why don't you go volunteer and then just like, take time off to see – how that changes your attitude. And I actually ended up doing it. Even recently I went and volunteered and it really does change everything. You're sort of like, oh, because you're not thinking about yourself for like a couple hours of the day. And then you do, you're actually emotionally touched by someone else who's actually happy to be speaking with you. And yeah, maybe that pumped your ego in a different way, but at least you're not spending that time wasted when you're actually doing good for someone. So yeah. Um, I always think getting involved in charity is another good way to keep yourself humble at a keep your sanity, I guess. Yeah. Because it really does help. It is like a it is like a therapeutic thing. Yeah, you get empathy for others gives you empathy for yourself. Yeah. So you should put that on a t shirt and yeah, sell it, <laughs> <Put> it, <laughs> sell it for charity. Sell it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's true. I think a lot of the points we talked about today are definitely really prominent in our society right now and a lot of things we need to work on. And me personally, I'm not one that I'm not like preaching perfection over here. Like I definitely no have is. my own issues and my own um I'm guilty of using things and being insensitive. I mean, I, I even just coming off cold to people sometimes oh, is something that's a problem for me. My brother always used to say, like, I was one of the meanest girls he's ever met. What? <laughs> no. I mean, the whole And I always thing. thought it was funny, but maybe it's not. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but no. No, I mean, I, I think it's... Even when people are cold and closed off like that, it's kind of yeah. a defense mechanism. Like, they are yeah. going through something, maybe. I'm glad we opened yeah. the conversation I to these things. I just think, like, for me, like, the main point of coming on here and talking to you guys was I think regardless of whatever you think about yourself, girl or guy or they, like you need to just talk and it doesn't matter if you can't afford therapy, I understand and whatever, but you need to at least express yourself and talk about your feelings because otherwise the negative energy and your anxiety is going to bottle up and you might do things you don't necessarily agree with later on in your life and you could have coped with it way better. Yeah. Yeah. So 
that was really just like something I wanted to highlight. Yeah. You should go out there, talk to your friends, see a therapist, just try it or whatever works for you. Just some sort of way of opening yourself up. Yeah. And don't be so quick to judge people for their choices. Live and let live, as I like to say. Live and let live. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. It was so great having you. So if anyone else ever wants to come on the podcast, just DM me or email us at theheadcasepodcast.com. I mean, at gmail.com. Sorry. We're getting our website going, though, guys. So it'll be exciting. Anytime people want to come on, it's great. And talk about these kind of things. I love to talk. So it's my new calling. Right. And cut. (laughs) And cut. (laughs) Bye.